Welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I'm thrilled to have you join me as we delve into conversations around optimizing our health, pushing past our fears, pursuing our dreams, and inspiring each other to live a life by design, not by chance. I believe magic happens over coffee and sharing experiences. I've made plans to change careers, move to a new country, organized exciting adventures, and even formed some of my most incredible relationships over coffee. So grab your favorite cuppa, sit back, and enjoy our beautiful chats along with our special guests. You never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friends. So the sun is shining. It's a gorgeous day out there, and I'm so excited to be chatting with you again. So today's topic is a great one. It's one I've wanted to talk to you about for a while, and I just feel like the timing's right. No particular reason. It just feels right. (laughs) So today I'm talking about the number one thing that annoys me the most about network marketers, and it's not going to be what you think. No, it's not those endless messages that I get uh, harassing me to sell their products. And it's not that friend that just won't let it go every time I see them. That's not what annoys me. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Those things are not right. And within every industry, there's just people that don't do things well. And if that is your friend, perhaps all they need is a little bit of coaching and some understanding and just letting them know that actually you're not really appreciating the way that they're approaching it. And there's gentle ways of doing it because really the reason they're doing it is a good one. So hang on tight. Listen to this episode. If if it network marketing is something that you've been thinking about, then you'll love this. And if you have that friend that really every time you talk to them, that's all they talk about. Well, maybe this will help you to understand why they're doing that, but also then to help nudge them to get a little bit of coaching so that they stop doing that because that's not cool. (laughs) So the number one thing that actually annoys me is the amount of network marketers out there that are big names, like big nutritionists, big personal trainers, big health coaches on the online space. They have these amazing websites with all these cool programs. And then I learn or I know because I know what to look for now that they're also very big in their network marketing company. And what drives me crazy is that they're not standing loud and proud about it. And yet they're doing incredibly well. And the industry is giving them such freedom, security, flexibility. And so I just wish that more would stand up and be proud of it. Now, I don't want to be too hasty because it really is shifting. I would say even in the last year, it's shifted even more with big names coming out saying, yeah, like this is my network marketing business and I'm super proud of it. All the way from incredible supplements that will help people to thrive, to essential oils, to makeup, um, that's non-toxic, all of those kind of brilliant programs. Now, network marketing companies have incredible products. The reason being that's that's the basis of the company. They can't they don't rely on fancy marketing. They rely on their people and they rely on the quality of the product. So it's nice to see that some health coaches and those big huge names are coming out and being proud of it, but very few still are. And so that's the thing that annoys me the most. And hey, the fingers are pointing right back at me because I have been in network marketing and you probably won't believe this, but as long as I've been a personal trainer, I actually fell into it. I fell in love with the product and it made so much sense to me at the moment because I was taking handfuls of supplements. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to take something that was so much more natural. And 
I found out about this product also by chance. It was on a DVD. That's how long ago this was. And um, the person that gave me the DVD didn't even know anything about it. I had to do a little bit of digging around to order the product for myself. And at the time, my friend was like, oh, let's do this business too. And I was like, okay. But I didn't really fully understand it. I don't think I knew that I was in network marketing probably for like two or three years. I really just saw it as a, as a product that I loved and that my clients needed it as well. And they were taking it. And that was it. I don't know at what point did it finally kind of dawn on me that this was a viable business, but it was literally a couple of years later. So at the beginning, I really wasn't proud of it. And I would, when I started shifting to the business side and actually talking about the business, I got a lot of stuff like, oh, that pyramid thing. And oh, all the people at the top make the money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, at the time, those questions would just like make me crumble. Now they just kind of make me giggle. One, people often say those things because that's just what they've kind of heard in the grapevine. Like they don't even understand where that's coming from. Or another thing I say is, sometimes it's kind of showing your age because people in the that grew up in the 80s will often think that because of the way kind of I guess the industry used to be years and years ago uh pyramid schemes are totally illegal so if you're in one of those you want to get out real fast chances are you're not putting your social insurance number into a, a company that is a pyramid scheme so I always find those questions pretty funny early on another thing that I remember kind of derailed me is I had this Oh my gosh, let's call him let's call him John. <laughs> Maybe that's his real name. <laughs> anyway, so I had this client, John, and I'd been training him for quite a while. And I had really great relationships with all my clients and still do. And I remember John saying to me when I was talking to him about this product and how I, I knew that it would be really beneficial for him. And he was like, Rosa, you're just trying to make money off me. And I remember I looked at him because we we're literally in the middle of a session. <laughs> And I was like, John, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> like, I'm making money from you right now. Like, making money doesn't change the, the your intention behind anything. In fact, the exchange of money is so essential. I cannot tell you how many things I have given for free, and including my time or programs or whatever it was, and then people do nothing with it. There really needs to be an exchange so that people feel that accountability. So anyways, that was, I thought that was so funny. So over the years, I have become increasingly proud of being a network marketer. And the reason, the biggest reason is I learned a really tough lesson about seven or eight years ago. I only say my pandemic was seven or eight years ago because it was a time when my world was crumbling around around me and everyone else seemed to be fine. I was just like completely on my own. I had moved from London where I was literally on top of the world, like appearing on like TV programs for fat loss and not fat loss, but like, you know, working out and kettlebells and stuff. That's what I was really known for. And uh, trading a princess and going to Morocco with another client and like things were just like super awesome. And then I decided, you know what, after the Olympics, I'm going to move home because I just didn't want to go through life with regrets. And with my mom aging and just feeling disconnected from family after well over a decade of being away, I just thought it was time. And it was tough because I loved London. I, like I said, I was on top of the world with my career and things were incredible. So in some ways there was no reason to go, but then 
when you pass that decade mark, you just start to think either I'm going to stay here for good or I'm going to move on. I don't know. That was my decision. And I thought it was going to be so easy breezy and I would move to move back home to Canada and life would be awesome. And I would just like pick up where I was. And that did not happen. Oh my goodness. Very sadly, it was like a combination of things that derailed me. One, one was like a, um, a couple of deaths very close to me, a best friend and my coaching, uh, my, my running coach. And that was really hard. Plus just like the moving itself, the, the just miss being so homesick from London and having this weird reverse culture shock. Cause I'd never actually lived in Canada as an independent adult. I'd always just, you know, been younger, been a student at university. So that was it. And, um, and I just started to feel really depressed and could not get my personal training business going or, or anything. And slowly all my savings from the sale of my flat in London disappeared as paying rent downtown. It's pretty pricey here in Vancouver. Food is pricey. Everything is pricey here. So I lost it all. And I literally, it was the worst. I didn't, the following month when I really hit my rock bottom, I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay for rent and I don't know how I'm even going to pay for food next week, let alone anything else. And I remember walking and seeing a person that was homeless and thinking, okay, that will never be me because at the very least I have family that will take me in and yeah, it will be so embarrassing, but at the very least I know I won't be on the street. And sometimes you've got to look at the worst case scenario and then it kind of empowered me a little bit just to think the worst isn't really as bad as we can. So sometimes our biggest fears aren't that bad. Don't get me wrong. It would be pretty awful, but but I would survive that. So anyways, that night I remember crying my eyes like to sleep and just thinking, what am I going to do? So when I woke up in the morning, I had made two decisions. Number one was ask for help. And so that's what I did. I quickly got on the phone. I called family. I asked if they knew of anywhere affordable that I could go and and rent because I had to get out of where I was. And they found me an awesome place. And the other thing is I asked my mom for money and she lent it to me, which was so embarrassing in your late thirties. But you know, again, it was just about asking for help. And I paid her back within a year, like, cause I was just could not stand that feeling. But sometimes you just got to ask. And then the second decision I made was, I remember so clearly that I was taking the the capsules of the product that I, that I was with, because I was still taking the product. And I remember thinking, wow, I get it. This is residual income. I never understood residual income before. Yet I was that personal trainer that would complain when I went on holidays and wouldn't make any money, plus had to pay my rent. It was so hard. Or when your clients, they don't know each other yet, they decide to go on vacations all at the same time. And you're like, oh my goodness, there goes your income. Like it could be really high sometimes, but then it could be really low for a couple of weeks. It just fluctuated. And when you train people with a lot of money, they also take a lot of vacations, which is, you know, amazing. But it just means that your income isn't secure. And so I remember thinking, okay, this is it. If I can build this, then it means even if I ever move countries or if I go on vacation or also like, by now I was hitting my 40s and I started thinking, do I want to be a personal trainer in my 60s? I mean, the answer might be yes. I'm not saying no. Actually, there's some amazing trainers in their 60s, but I just don't know. And so I thought, well, this could help me for retirement. It could help me for transitions. And so that's what I did is I really got to work and started building this business so that I could create that income 
And, you know, until then, I had done all sorts of things in London trying to kind of create that freedom before I understood the power of residual income. I did things like I created online programs. I sold a really successful program. It was called Rock of Fit Lifestyle. It was a 12-week 12, 12 um, online program with just about everything you needed from workouts to nutrition and so on. And that program made me thousands and it was just kind of on, it was like on an auto thing. I didn't have to do too much with it at all. And um, I also tried group coaching. I tried online one-to-one coaching, um, affiliate marketing, which I still do, which means when you promote other people's products and, or, or services and you make a little bit of a commission from that, but none of those give you residual income. Like you're only as good as your last program and technology changes. So you're always needing to up upgrade things. Group coaching, same thing. You can make great amounts all at once, but then you're always looking for like that next group and selling and keeping that energy. And if you're, if you truly want to take some time offline, then you can't do that either. Like it just, you'll have those fluctuations. And so it just started to make more and more sense to me to build a residual income alongside what what else, what else I was doing, like not as it's at its own thing. Although some people do go full time and do this full time and it's awesome. And, but here's the thing. It's not just the people that make money at the top. You make money the whole way through. And that's the beautiful thing is if you decide, you know what, 500 a month is going to really give me that nice security or put away for my retirement. So I don't have to put extra away from, for that. Like that is all really possible and not making any income claims because 500 is not a ton. It's just, that's very possible. And what's possible is obviously a lot more um, than that, but possible comes, it's like anything else. We need to work at something for it to work. And that's why I believe this industry gets a bad rap, but also just like real estate or any other business. It's unbelievable. The amount of people, even in the in the real estate industry who certify and take their course and then yet only sell one house or don't sell any homes. It's the same thing in network marketing. So many people will sign up and all they will ever have is their own product and maybe a couple others products underneath them. And that's awesome. Like that's totally okay. And I'm not quite sure why we see that as being unsuccessful. I think that's totally fine that people are going to do that. Then there's a few people that will want to do it and be like, just bring in that 500. And that's awesome too. It doesn't mean they're a failure. Perhaps that's all that they were looking for. But then there are people who are like, just want to use this to create the ultimate freedom and the ultimate lifestyle. And that's totally a hundred percent possible. Now, freedom doesn't mean not working. Like I think people have this idea that just, they just get to a certain point. They sit back and relax. Like, no, you've got customers that you need to look after. You've got a team that you need to keep, you know, helping to, um, raise up their skill levels. And there's all th- those kind of things to do. But if you choose a company that you love, those things are going to be really fun and it doesn't really ever feel like work. So, Here's the, my advice. If you're like, you know what? I think that this network marketing thing might be something that I need to look into. Um, it'll go perfect with, you know, my personal training business, my massage business, my new, my nutritional business, whatever it is I find for coaches, it's just really nice to have this security behind you. And I know for me, when COVID-19 hits hit, the first thing I did is I looked at my husband and I said, will be okay. Now he's a trainer. So he'd lost his work overnight. Um, and at that time we didn't know if training online was going to be a possibility or any of that kind of stuff or how people would respond. And I was 
teaching a day a week as well and on contract for that and um, subbing here and there. And I was like, I didn't know if that was going to come in. And yet I knew that would be okay because I was making enough to cover our expenses. And that was such a good feeling to know that I wasn't going to need to depend on any government assistance. Now, for those that did, that's okay. And most people did because that was a, this was a crazy time and no one expected it. I'm just saying that I know that I was one of the lucky ones and I am super grateful for it. So if you're looking for a company, there's a few things that I really recommend you look at. Number one is choose a product that first is going to make sense for your clients. Now, it's not that your clients are going to be your own, your only business because you need to grow outside of your client base if you're going to, if you really are looking for, for bigger income. However, it is a really good place to start because they're people that you know, they know, like, and trust you. They know that you're going to recommend something that is going to help them. And so I believe that that's a really great place. I often see people starting with products that just make no sense with what they're doing all day. So trainers with makeup or whatever. And you know what, maybe that works for some people depending on kind of what your brand is sort of is like. However, for most, I really think it's just best to choose something that makes sense and goes alongside what you're already doing. Um, make sense, make, um, sorry, choose something that is also consumable. So you want something that people are going to be ordering regularly. This is awesome because it takes that whole sales pressure out of it. It's much better to have 10 customers, for example, that are ordering regularly, like every month or every regular, just regularly all the time because it's a product they love and will take for years. That is much easier than selling something that they're going to have now. And then they're not going to need for another six months time. So choose something that is consumable. Choose something that, number three, is choose something that makes sense now, but also for years to come. I think so often we don't look far ahead. Like the product I've chosen, I know I could be taking it in my 60s, 70s, and 80s. My mom, who who is approaching her 80s, takes it and loves it, and it's made such a huge difference to her health. So I love that it's impacting seniors' health and families' health and individuals. And so choose something that's going to make sense for now and for years to come. And then also the most important thing, choose something that you would take regardless of ever selling it. And that is the number one most important thing is that you do that because you want to be a product of the product. And when you are recommending or selling or sharing whatever words we want to use, when it's something that you would take every single day, it's just so much easier to talk about it. The The way you talk to people about it is so different because you're really affirmed in what your belief in is is and your understanding of what it does for you. So let me go over those again. Number one was choose a product that makes sense for your current clients. And again, that you're not going to build all with that, but that's a great place to start. Number two, choose something that is consumable. Number three, choose something that makes sense now for now and for years to come. And number four was choose something that you will take regardless if you ever sell it to anyone else. So friends, I get it. Like network marketing, it it had a bad rap in the past. I really don't believe that it does so much anymore. And usually that's coming from people that just haven't kind of stayed up with the times. Um, there, there are companies that have been around for 30, 40 years and they've shifted even the way that they do things and they've learned. And um, I love my company and it's 
just an incredible company, but I also acknowledge that there's so many other really great companies out of the, out there. So if you are looking, if you are a coach and you are looking for something that is going to give you that stability, <laughs> it's quite funny how often people are like, I wish that there was something where I can earn income and it didn't depend on my one-to-one. -one. And you're like, yes, we have the solution right here. And then when you say to people, oh yeah, network marketing is exactly what you're describing. And people are like, oh yeah, yeah, but not that. Well, if not that, then what? Where is this magical idea that you're coming out with? Where is the solution? Because personally, I've been around the block for a little while and I have yet to come across another business model that makes so much sense and that is completely fair and really rewards people for doing doing the work that they do like you get paid for the amount of people that you truly help with your product and it everything is about sales in a sense but I I know my friend Lucas said you know you can only change the world with sales and I totally get what he means because if you never sell anything your product your service whatever it is how are we going to make a, a shift in some way for people so friends that's what I wanted to talk about. That was the thing that annoyed me. If you are a network marketing marketer and you're listening to this episode, start to stand up and be super proud. Maybe you are already. That would be awesome. But if you're not, if you feel like you kind of turn the corner or kind of hide a little bit when people talk about the business side of things, stop. Start to really look within and look at how incredible this is. 12 years later and this business and this industry has changed my life in so many incredible ways. I can't even begin to say and it's beyond the wealth. It's rich in friendships that I've made for a lifetime. It's rich in um, the personal growth that I've had. I definitely think so much different than I did in 12 years and that's because of all the personal growth I've had through this industry. So friends, just go for it. At the end of the day, most of these are such a low risk. The the old, the best thing you could do is, I'd say give it a go, but I don't know. I think it's better to go all in and really give it your all and go for it because it's a beautiful place to be. Okay, friends, have a fabulous week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes, I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.